Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, Zivi Kivi here, and this is Season 7, The Early Years, and this is the last episode of Season 7. Let's go right into it, Episode 14 with Atrina Lovkins. Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now... Welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivi Kivi here, and I'm so excited to share with you in this last episode of Season 7, an interview with Atrina Lavkins, all the way from Brooklyn. Hello, Atrina. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm really excited. We just met a few days ago, literally, for like when we met in Twist and Shout. And obviously, we met before online. I'm going to ask you a few questions about your journey with balloon, in the balloon world. But before that, can you share with us a little bit about what was your experience in Twist and Shout? Because you kept coming on stage over and over again. What was that all about? How was that for you? So I didn't go on stage over and over again. I was on stage once. But <laughs> you, you were on stage more than once. You were on, yeah, 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 yeah. You were on stage in the winning costume. No, you weren't there in the costume by Karen Heyman. No, you were on stage on the night when they on the gala night with uh, the young prodigy kid named Finn was presenting his dress. Yeah, so I was on stage for the during the gala because when I saw. Finn working in the jam room on this dress, I was completely blown away. And I was just, I had to go talk to him. And a couple of my friends who were staying with me decided that they kind of wanted to help because he was getting a little frustrated or a little overwhelmed because he wanted to compete in the dress competition, but because of the weather, he couldn't. And so he had this, you know, beautiful design that he had drawn out and had plans for particularly for the bustle of the dress, like, you know, down near the feet. And he'd completed the like the bodice, like the actual dress part, uh, but he wanted to do that bottom part, but he was afraid that he wasn't going to have enough time. And so we were like, well, we can help. That's just, that's just some minute details, you know, lots of bubbles and an X weave and things like that. So it's kind of a little bit of monotonous work that some extra hands can certainly help with. So the design was all him and he directed us in terms of like what he wanted us to do, but we offered a little bit of you know, support in terms of that manual labor for all the tiny little bubbles at the bottom. So when he was told that he was going to be invited on stage, it's like, well, I want you all with me too. So me and Grant, who was the model for the third place dress, and we'd been helping him along with the model, Katie was also helping with the dress as well. And Molly Balloons helped put the model into the dress. And she kind of just shoved us out there because <laughs> she wanted to get pictures. But he was just such a sweetheart. And it was really amazing to be around such talent and skill and someone that young. Like, I cannot wait until I can see what his work looks like in, you know, 10 years. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> okay. So let's put everything together again for those of us that weren't there. So first of all, because really it was a, an amazing night and young Finn was walking like every single moment that he had in the jam room from the moment that he arrived. And he's like, young Finn is like 12, if I remember yeah. correctly. And then give us the credits again. You were working with Grant. Can you give us the full name? 
Grant Lesher. He is a friend of Molly Balloons, and she, it was his first time at Twist and Shout as well. He just started getting into balloon art um, since, I think, November or something. He had helped her out with the balloon fashion show that she runs in Kansas City. So he decided that he wanted to help Finn with some of this dress, and Katie as well wanted to. And Katie ended up wearing the balloon dress. So then, you know, I, I've made a few. I'm not by no means an expert in balloon dressmaking, but I, you know, I know a few weaves and I know a few ways to like help people, you know, streamline some things that they're doing, especially people that are really new. So I went in and sort of threw out a few ideas on how we could make this vision of fins come to life in a way that was going to be worth the time, right? Because there's a lot of ideas that we could do that just there wasn't enough time for no matter how many hands you have. <laughs> so yeah, so we just joined in on, uh, on Finn's project and he was super grateful. And when it came time to show off his work, he really wanted us on stage with him. So it was really nice of him. He's, he's such an awesome kid. Cool. Grant's work on presenting the dress by uh, Jason from Australia was phenomenal as well. Very charismatic presentation of the dress that actually got my vote as well. So uh, it was really a, a, a surprise, a pleasant post-surprise when he, uh, it scored uh, the third place. Are you into dresses in general or into fashion or what do you do in the balloon industry? Yeah, so I've made a few balloon dresses. I really love making things that people can wear, especially when I get to work with people who have like a particular vision in mind they want to do but aren't necessarily sure how to execute it but they know that they want it to be cool. For example, I worked with this woman who was walking in the Coney Island Mermaid Parade with Costume Cult, and she really wanted to be a sea anemone, like Finding Nemo. And she'd found this sea anemone costume, balloon costume on the internet, and it was literally just a bunch of 260s just kind of coming out of the body. Like there wasn't any real structure to it. It was just like kind of a blob of 260s coming out. And she's like, I want something like this. I was like, okay well, do you want that or do you want the sexy version of that? And she's like, oh yeah, sexy version of that, definitely. So one of my favorite ways to work with commissions like this is sort of name your price, give me a vision, and I'll adjust my efforts accordingly. So if you can only afford a hundred bucks, like fine, I'll do something for you. Um, but it's not going to be the same thing as the person who offers me 900. So this particular dress was very... like I was using coral 260s and 160s and I made this like little, just like a normal skirt with like the dress weave, but then had all of the 260s and 160s coming up in this like swooping pattern that was really, really cool. And she was just absolutely blown away by it. And everybody at the parade was taking so many pictures. And it's really fulfilling for me to be able to see her vision just brought to life in a way that was so much better than she could have imagined. And me surprising myself with my level of skill, like I had no idea I could pull something like that off because <laughs> it was my first time even attempting something like that. And a lot of my, my dresses have been like that. Just really, I surprise myself by how well they turn out because I don't have any real background in fashion other than I like costuming and doing you know face painting and stuff. I'm part of like the Burning Man community. So they do a lot of like really elaborate outfits and things. So you can't wear balloons on playa. So it's not that balloons were my experience with that. It was just sort of design and how to conceptualize an image that you have in your head or an image that somebody else has in their head and then how to translate that into a, uh, a wearable costume. And that's just so much fun for me. 
Super cool. How did you actually get into balloons then? How did I get into balloons? Well, I've been playing with balloons as a hobby since I was a kid and very minorly. So I got a video from Ringling Brothers and Bartman Bailey Circus on how to be a clown. And there was a section in there about balloon animals. And they taught some basic things like the basic sword, hat, swan, dog, poodle, those very basic things. And whenever I would see a balloon twister out in the wild, I would just ask them for a balloon and inflate it. And then I would, you know, practice make it. And, you know, everybody was always super impressed by that. So around 2010, I got invited to a carnival themed party and I get kind of like overwhelmed or sometimes a little bored at parties where there's not a whole lot of activity besides socializing or dancing happening. I like having some sort of role or something that I'm offering the party, some sort of gift or experience that I'm offering or some sort of level of leadership, whatever. So I decided to buy a bag of balloons and a pump online. I hadn't touched balloons in a long time since then and looked up some tutorials on uh, YouTube. And uh, one of the first ones that made the biggest impression on me was... Oh my gosh. Is that Buster Balloon? Michael, Michael Floyd? No, he's from Tampa. Jonathan Fudge. Jonathan Fudge. So one of the first tutorials that I found that really made a huge impact on me was Jonathan Fudge's shamrock hat or like leprechaun hat or something. So it was like the basic hat weave. And the first thing I made was this rainbow hat and I wore it to Pride, which I think was like right before. And then I started making all kinds of stuff and adding on to it and just getting really excited about it. But I'd never made any actual money. I mean, maybe somebody gave me five bucks here or there every once in a while, but I was just sort of making balloon hats or bracelets or whatever at parties just to kind of keep my hands busy and to you know make people smile. And all grown-up parties, I wasn't working kids' parties or anything. Then one of my friends who's really into balloons was having a like a larger party and had actual an actual budget for some decor and things and asked me to do a balloon installation. And I was like, oh, well, this sounds cool. Yeah, totally. So she paid for the materials and gave me a bunch of volunteers to inflate balloons. So I just had this sort of vision in my mind and a bunch of hands to help me put it all together. And it was so much fun. I was like, I have to do this all the time. I had barely touched balloons in the year prior because I kind of pick it up and put it down you know, throughout my life. When I got this you know, massive burst of creativity and I just had to create and I called a friend of mine who's a photographer and I said, I need to make a balloon dress. Can you shoot me? Like, when are you available? Um, and so I made two balloon dresses for a couple of my friends to wear along with like a, a tree, you know, like a, this really cool woven tree. Then after that, I was like, I need to keep, I need to keep creating. This art is like giving me life right now. So I was also going through this really like weird time, this like transitional period where I had to decide if I was going to leave my community and my favorite city in the world to go do a PhD program and also basically give up my dreams of parenthood <laughs> in the process because of my age. And either I had to go follow that dream or I need to come up with a new dream. And balloons just sort of fell into my lap in that way. I started reaching out to some you know, event producer friends saying, Hey, I really want to make a thing. Can you pay for my materials? Give me some volunteers and I will do something awesome for your party. And eventually they would offer me stipends so I could actually feed my volunteers. <laughs> eventually I started building this kind of like volunteer following, like you know, certain people who just loved this art so much that they would you know, come with me and 
all they would be offered is usually, you know, a meal and like free admission to whatever party this was for. And then eventually people started seeking me out and asking me to do things and offering me more money. Then once I started posting a few things, this person who had been a longtime Facebook friend, we'd been connected because people would see me doing balloons and they knew him and like, Oh, do you know John Reed? And no, I don't know him. And so many people from so many different pockets, like different friend pockets, um, asked me about him. And eventually I was like, well, obviously I need to know this person. If that many people are saying I should. So we connected on Facebook, didn't really connect other than, you know, liking each other's posts or whatever here and there. But then after he saw me posting some stuff online, he was like, oh, you're actually pretty good. Like, let's get together for drinks or something. And so we did and we got along famously. And he invited me to come work at this restaurant that he works at with him. And, you know, he ended up teaching me a lot about like figures and things because I'd been focusing mostly on, you know, hats or some flowers or other things, not animals or characters or anything like that. That's really marketable for kids parties. He taught me a whole bunch of those and started bringing me on as an assistant to his gigs. And eventually when I got good enough and learned enough about his stuff that I, um, or about, you know, the figures that he does, he started booking me along with some of his other people for like, you know, line work and things like that. And sometimes we get to work on really awesome projects together. Like he was going to do a uh, build a tiny house, one of those like mobile houses. And I saw that and I was like, Oh my gosh, I wanted to do that. And so I went with him and got with how to live as a freelancer because I never really had to do that much. And overall, just really supportive. And whenever I have some sort of frustration with balloons, and he was the only, he was the, really the first uh, on YouTube. And then I kept posting and soliciting work from commissions and event decor for my friends, and eventually got connected with Rami Shafi, who is with Twist Entertainers. And so I signed on with them as creative director because he has a lot more experience with balloon animals. And I had been developing a lot of experience in balloon decor and especially these really cool installation type things. And then eventually I kept getting so many bookings that I was like not sleeping because I still had this this job, this full-time job that I loved. But also I knew that I had to either decide that I was going to go into a PhD program, which would kind of uproot my life in a lot of ways that I wasn't really prepared to do or I had to find something else. And the balloons just were a natural segue. I didn't really have to try that hard to get my foot in the door. Now all of my effort has been going into, okay, well, how do I be a business owner? How do I make this sustainable? And you know, I can't just I can't do 12 hours of work for a hundred dollar stipend anymore. Like I actually have to value my time for what it is. And I've been super fortunate in that I have, I guess, enough creative people in my life, enough people who do costuming and these wild events with really awesome decor that paired with my side hustle of kids parties and birthday party arches and things like that, that I'm actually surviving. And I've only been... like I started this whole kind of thing in April of 2018. And by July, I was able to quit my job I gave them notice. I knew that I was going to be leaving whether I was doing something else. But I was able to go full-time doing balloons in July. And while I haven't been able to put money away for retirement this year, I'm also not... I've been able to pay my bills. And so, and I keep, I, I keep improving. So I, I don't know what happened, but I got real lucky. 
I don't think that that's the normal trajectory for most people. And I recognize that. And I, and I try to spread the wealth as much as I can too. If I get bookings that I can hire some of my longtime volunteers for, I do that as much as I can. Wow, that's quite an amazing story. So you are basically a full-time balloon artist and you do balloon decor and you do these days twisting in parties as well for both adults and kids, right? Yeah, I really love doing adult parties or well, I would say grown-up parties. <laughs> you say adult parties, it means something a little different. But yeah, just you know, being able to make people tiaras and these little tiny ladybug rings or funky hats. And it just really enlivens the party. And it's so much fun because that's what I was doing for fun. And now I'm making money doing that. I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> that's so cool. I will have to see some of the pictures of what you do with balloon decor. And if you don't mind, we'll put that in balloonartistpodcast.com so that sure. people could see what you do. Obviously, you have your own fresh point of view when you got, come into the balloon world with your own uh, style influenced by more modern information sources like YouTube and stuff. So I think it's really interesting how this industry is evolving constantly with the help of technology and with the help of talented people that are getting inside the arena. It's really exciting to see. Plus, you will get the opportunity to six months later, 12 months later, come back and take a look at where you've been and where you got to and even send me a couple of additional pictures of like this huge party you just did with an installation and everything. And we'll all witness your growth because it's pretty fast. You do know that. I absolutely recognize that. And John has made it very clear to me. He's like, just know that this is not the normal trajectory. No. <laughs> like, okay, I do. I recognize my privilege. <laughs> I accept. And I'm trying to do whatever I can with it. And look people up along the way as well. I really love collaborating with people too, like both balloon artists and non-balloon artists. One of my friends is an LED artist and he and I have worked together on a couple of projects on incorporating programmable LEDs and balloons. And it has been so much fun. Everybody loves the lights and the balloons, but there's very limited number like styles of lights. There's like the white that's solid. There's the blinky kind. There's the, you know, all the different color variations, but programmable LEDs where you can make something, make a, a simple wall look like a river one minute and look like a rainbow the next minute, just by the touch of a button is something really exciting that I'm looking forward to playing with more. Ooh, that sounds definitely on the frontier of the combination with LEDs. And uh, sounds very exciting. Atrina, how do you feel about kids' parties when you do them? You seem to be rooted in the adult, in the grown-up parties. But how are you feeling these days in the kids' realms? I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. I, I got to be honest, I was very nervous going into that. Working at the restaurants really helped with that because there's a lot less pressure. You know, they're not technically paying me to go, you know, to be at that table. So if I mess up or if I am not super engaging, then maybe I don't get a tip. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to get a bad review, <laughs> but I'm, I learned a lot. And being around other people who twist balloons around kids has helped as well, just to see what their rapport is like with them. I haven't really worked with kids before this. So, I mean, I love kids, but it's very different when you're the show as opposed to just an adult who's hanging out with them. 
And that was one of the things that I focused on at Twist and Shout because I feel like my balloon repertoire, like the things that I can make are pretty advanced for the level that I'm at in terms of my balloon twisting. So I didn't feel the need to learn a whole bunch of new stuff in terms of like things to make. And and I didn't really know what I was going to be focusing on when I got there. I just knew that I wanted to go meet other balloon twisters because now before Twist and Shout, I could count on one hand how many balloon twisters I'd ever met or balloon artists. And now I have a whole bunch of them and they're awesome. (laughs) So a lot of what I went to were things like stage presence with Suzanne Herring and building rapport with kids with Miss Donna and you know some of Matt Falloon's balloon show and and really paying attention to how to turn the balloons from just a piece of art that I'm making in the corner for somebody into an interactive experience where I'm actually engaging with the person that I'm making the balloons for and now that I have a lot of designs in memory. So I don't have to think about how to do them as much. I can just kind of let my hands go. I can really focus on this interaction piece. And that was really the most valuable thing that I got from Twist and Shout, aside from you know my new network of balloon friends, but also learning how to interact with kids or with audiences in a way that makes the balloons more interactive and exciting than just a piece of art. What do you think about uh, Reina Kassoni-san? Did you see Ray? Oh, yeah. The woman who was doing balloon street performance? Yes. Did, did you manage to see her? It seemed really cool. And I really loved how she turned a lot of it into this dance, like almost like a mime-like dance thing where you don't even need language. Like you could pick up and go do that exact show any place in the world. And you didn't really need a, a common language like you do with jokes and things. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, that, that was definitely a refreshing sight to see how lovely, you know, balloons can be combined into dancing in front of kids, in front of people, in the street, just wonderful. This year in Twist and Shout was, I think, very heavy on the performance side with the education. And I think it was just perfect for you because there's more ways to learn more designs. You can do that online quite fast and efficiently. But then learning how to entertain and build performance for yourself, like uh, Dave Bren was giving a show and talking about how to build a show in his uh, lecture. Plus, you know, there were giants like Danny Schlesinger with his Danny Direct service and Buster Balloon with his lab in the vendor room. So really quite an amazing year for performers. Are you going into this route as well, like building a show? I think that would be really fun. I just realized that I got Matt Falloon and uh, Dave Bren. They're mixed up, whatever. Yeah, I think doing a balloon show would be really fun. I've always been a natural performer when I'm on stage. (laughs) I get a little nervous when it's one-on-one, which I think is, you know, a a big part of the balloon twisting is it's a very one-on-one, even though there's a line, there's a bunch of people, it's still a very personal experience there. But being on stage is just so much fun for me and it really brings me to life. And I think it'd be really fun to create a balloon show now that I have so many things there with balloon magic and dance and the costumes and 
masks and dresses now that I can do and not to mention little jokes and silly bits and things like that. And seeing how other people engage audiences, like especially Dave Bren's class around developing a stage performance. That was really cool to like see him break down all these different pieces and, and explain why things work and not just do this and this and this. You know, He was giving a lot of examples and also giving a lot of feedback to some audience volunteers. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And I would definitely be excited to do that in the future. It was really an amazing lecture by Dave Brenn. And, and some of his ideas are... I can't wait for a balloon workshop that I'm doing uh, next morning, tomorrow, to try out some of the things and just experiment. So it was quite a year. And tell us a little bit about how you learn these days. Do you still get excited about learning new designs or practicing? Yeah, one of my favorite things to do is when somebody gives me a challenge and I'm not on a time constraint, so I can just sit at my house and sort of play around with it and see how I can make something like that great, which is essentially the same thing as when I do balloon dresses and stuff like that, when I'm just trying to pick up somebody's vision and translate that into balloons. I have something coming up where I was commissioned to make a like a three-foot pterodactyl. <laughs> and there's no tutorials for that. <laughs> so one thing I like to do is go on you know, Pinterest or Instagram and really look around for what sort of things have people done and to get a general sense of what different lines might look like, what different ideas for what a foot, like what would you know, be good for a foot or what would be good for wings, things like that. And then sort of taking some of those ideas and incorporating them into whatever it is that I'm making. If I need to learn how to make a panda, like I'll go look at Mr. Boma's balloons on YouTube or something like that. But for something like this, which I really enjoy doing, there's more of a challenge in terms of design and execution than just replication, which is a skill in and of itself. I'm not underestimating that by, by any means. And it does take practice and learning and memorizing and things like that. But to really be able to start from scratch and just see something that I've never actually seen out of balloons, but I've seen things close to that. And then sort of putting all those pieces together and coming up with it, especially when I have the time to actually put into experimenting and trying things out and starting over if needed, as opposed to like when I'm at a kid's party and they're like, can you make a velociraptor, you know, <laughs> for, a, you know for line work? And I'm going, uh maybe she would look sort of like a bird dolphin with chicken feet. And then I'm sitting there for 20 minutes trying to figure this one thing out. And it's just not, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. John, on the other hand, I've seen him do exactly that where he's like, show me a picture. All right. And his hands just start moving. And two minutes later, he's got five minutes later, he's got exactly that thing on the picture that was showed to him and just mind blowing. But that's what you get for being in the business for 25 years as opposed to not even a year yet. <laughs> oh man, I love that moment in a, in a twisting gig where a kid will try to challenge you and then I will tell him, go bring your mom's phone in, in case he doesn't have his own phone uh, yet. And then uh, after he shows me the picture, I will also ask him to look on Google for something I'm trying to score on Google and then ask him to go into my site so that Google could see people are looking for me and prefer my site, just an SEO tip. So yeah, practice your balloons and do some marketing at the same time. 
I find that if there's not any balloon examples of something that I'm trying to accomplish, especially in terms of like characters or, you know, specific animals or whatever, finding a cartoon version, like a clip art version of that makes it so much easier for my brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good tip too. Wow. I will almost running out of time and it's really great to hear your enthusiasm and passion for balloons. What would you recommend people do if they just hear about you and want to follow you or learn more about what you do? Where should they go? Sure. So my website is lovekinsdesigns.com, L-O-V-E-K-I-N-S, designs. I also have a Pinterest under the same name and an Instagram under the same name. Facebook. I don't have a Facebook account, but I have a Facebook page. I'm on the wedding wire and the knot.com all under the same name. So Google me. It depends on kind of what you're interested in. If you're looking for some sort of weird thing, <laughs> like weird uh, balloon decor, installation art or something, probably my website or maybe my Instagram. If you're looking for booking for a kid's party, maybe through twistentertainers.com, which is uh, another person that I work with. I work with them as their creative director. And I also keep huge amounts of inspiration photos on my Pinterest. So if anybody is wanting to you know, get a, some ideas on things that they can experiment with, I have so many boards of you know, columns and arches and hanging things and dresses and different sorts of figures, ideas for girls' parties, boys' parties, Halloween, Christmas, Easter, whatever... I was a researcher prior to balloons. So the idea of collecting information, in this case, pictures and how-tos, collecting information, categorizing them and organizing them is something that I really love doing also. And is one of the things that drew me to research. And so now I just do that with art and inspiration instead of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you gave up that specific dream of uh, doing the PhD program? I don't necessarily want to say that I gave it up so much as I decided that right now is not the right time in my life to be doing that. Because it would be essentially, call it five to nine years of making poverty wages. So, and not being able to choose where I could live. Basically, you're at the whim of academia, whoever hires you or whoever accepts you into their program. And it was more important to me at this juncture in my life to pick where I lived and the community that I'm a part of than it was to follow that particular passion. I could absolutely see myself you know, using balloons as a side business in the future and doing some maybe user experience research or something along that nature so that I can feed both my analytical side and also my creative side. That would be the dream. I mean, right now I'm full-time with balloons and I'm setting... Ideally, setting this business up so that it's sustainable and that I can kind of keep going with that and then be able to follow other passions as they come as well. Just to wrap up, what's your opinion on some of the latest uh, balloons out there, like the balloon chromes or the pastels? I noticed that you did use uh, quite a few chromes on your designs online, but uh, have you experimented with the pastels as well? Yeah. So I'm actually hosting a balloon flower pop-up shop for Valentine's Day. And I've definitely gotten requests for pastel balloons. And I am so happy that they exist <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise I'd have to be double stuffing things for flowers, which makes no sense, or just using plain yellow or whatever, or ivory 
But these pastel colors, I'm so excited to be using them a lot more in the next few days as I'm building these balloon bouquets or balloon flower bouquets specifically. NYCBalloonflowers.com also is another place that you can see some of my work. And I really love chrome with all of my heart. Mm. (laughs) It is my favorite party trick to pull those chromes out because so many people have not seen anything like that. And they just get their minds blown, especially when you make a sword out of it or like a tiara or something like that, a scepter. It really makes people feel like royal. And it, it really expounds on what balloons can do. I think people are so used to seeing just the traditional carnival colors and things like that, that when they get to see something that's such a significant departure from that, it opens this whole new world of what balloons can accomplish. And it's been really fun using that. One last question about Pinterest. Are you getting any actual results marketing-wise from Pinterest? I don't know yet. I haven't been posting my own stuff on there very much yet. That is on my to-do list for next month. This month was really focusing on the nycballoonflowers.com and then going to Twist and Shout and things like that. So that yeah, that's a question to ask me later because I've kind of just started doing that. NYC Balloons Flowers, is that it? NYC Balloon Flowers. Balloon Flowers. And that's basically your site? Yeah. So that's my uh, balloon flower website. It's kind of an experiment in terms of different ways to, to market balloons or sell balloons because I really love doing these balloon flower bouquets, but they are definitely something that needs to be done as a commission. It's not something that I can necessarily do while I'm at a twisting gig. I can make a a few flowers, of course, but to make one of these really elaborate bouquets uh, takes a little bit of extra time. So so yeah, so I kind of been experimenting with an online shop to be able for for people to um, request commissions and things like that. We'll see how it goes. In the meantime, it was a really valuable learning experience to learn how to set up a website with a new platform and you know incorporate an online store and to deal with the marketing and stuff like that. So it's been a really great learning experience so far. And I just... Right now, learning and getting my name out there is kind of what the most important things because you know the decor has been keeping me financially stable, luckily. And I don't have a huge amount of overhead right now. So, so yeah. Okay, I really love your uranium tear balloon flower bouquet and your heart shapes flowers flowers on a wall mount on your shop. That was super popular. I think yeah, I got an absurd amount of impressions on Pinterest for that. Definitely drew a lot of interest. Once you get uh, actual results from Pinterest, that's the moment when you should send me a, a private message, and uh, we need to talk. So thank you so much for. Your time, I really have to start a webinar in a minute for Balloon Artist College. But I think people got a lot from just getting to know you online through listening to Balloon Artist podcast. And I really usually say, you know, see you next week. But this is uh, the last episode of the season. Uh, So... It's time to say goodbye to the ballooning family. (laughs) It is, it is. But uh, yeah, I I will see you guys in Balloon Artist Podcast in season eight that is already in the making. I can even give you a sneak peek for the next season's topic, which is meeting the veterans. 
Meeting the Veterans next season in Balloon Artist Podcast. Atrina Lovkins, you are awesome. Stay awesome. Keep us in the loop. And see you next season, guys. Great. Thanks for having me. Hello, Balloon Artist. I hope you've enjoyed this energetic interview with Atrina Lovkins. She's a rock star and it's uh, valuable for you to follow her up. In fact, there were so many awesome meteor balloon artists in this season. People that are really inspiring me personally, getting huge results after six months or two years or one year or, you know, whatever. And even just if you enjoy doing balloons, then... Welcome to the Balloon family. Um, I've definitely enjoyed meeting the younger generation in the preparation of this season seven. And I'm super excited uh, to be meeting you guys in the Balloon Artist Facebook group, where I will announce pretty soon about the end of season seven webinar. Uh, we do this every, every time after a season. There's a special webinar with really valuable content. And later on, you can find the replay of the webinar on balloonartistcollege.com slash webinars. Guys, uh, the party continues uh, in the Balloon Artist Facebook group. So if you're not there, you should definitely check it out. Uh, there's, there will, I will be more active there now that the season is off. Uh, with Facebook Lives and with updates about uh, free webinars and about the Balloon Artist College, uh, which is constantly growing. Um, thank you in this opportunity for everyone that sent me messages to congratulate me on uh, being chosen as uh, one of the 20 influencers of the year in 2018, uh, Pioneer uh, the company that creates Qualtex have released uh, a, a, like a, a special magazine that you can buy uh, with the trends uh, happening in 2018. And I was chosen to be one of the 20 influencers. So I uh, thank you for all of the congrats. Um, guys, there's really nothing to it. We just need to continue the journey together. Um, this is the end of the season, but it's not the end of the journey. And the journey continues. Uh, if you need help, there's help waiting for you in the Balloon Artist Facebook group and in Balloon Artist College. See you in the next season. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivi Kivi here, and this is Season 7, Chapter 14. This is the end of the season, guys, and this is the tip section. And the tip of today might seem a little bit silly, but it's actually quite wise. And just like in many skills that we have in twisting, in balloon decor, in entertainment, you need to practice and remind yourself and remind your muscles about how to do certain things because if you don't use your muscles often enough some of the skills uh, wear off and then the same goes with listening listening to balloon artist podcast listening to uh, you know audiobooks that you've enjoyed and uh, the tip of today is go back go back to your favorite episodes go back to your favorite season um, have a second listen uh, be judgmental you can skip stuff that you don't like but if there is something that has uh, 
you know, opened your heart and made you happy. And then go back and listen to that and relearn that. You will be uh, happy that you did and you will uh, strengthen your muscles. Guys, this is the end of yet another season of Balloon Artist Podcast. I'm really excited to work on new courses for Balloon Artist College and for the Kids Entertainer Academy. Uh, everything that I do uh, within, you know, Kiwi Media uh, is in the best of intention to serve you and to help you in your journey. So I hope you've enjoyed this season uh, and I hope to meet you in the Balloon Artist Facebook group and next season in season eight that will come back after a short season break see you guys next time and thanks for your time and for your attention